Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters podcast, the Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and with me today are two people that always pickle my processors, John and Brendan. How's it going? It's going good. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even. I can't even get I'm through. Slightly that one. creepy and funny all at the same. Yeah, time. I was going to say that. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, I saw this on the list of like insults, and this is just a weird one. It's just used by a droid named CR-8R uh, to express surprise or whatever. When? Where was me this? That one. What media I, was this I, in? I, <laughs> uh, I don't even know. So he, he appeared in a bunch of stuff, apparently. Star Wars Adventures Tales from Vader's Castles, uh, oh, 1, 2, and 3. Okay. That droid, thank you. Um, I was trying to place it. Yeah, yeah, there he is. <laughs> I've never seen this piece of media, but I want to now. Oh, the Vader's castles are great comics. Um, think like are Star awesome? Wars, but with a, a horror twist as people are just telling tales of Vader or other other Sithy things and just to go and kind of like turning it into like a campfire horror story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> so today on the podcast we're going to be talking about imperial dark troopers their unit card just dropped so we're going to go over uh them and their upgrades and then we got a new core rule book of course so stick around it's going to be great but before we get into that uh, i just want to give a quick plug to a few different uh things related to our podcast we have a discord you want to chat with us talk some legion show off your hobby work, maybe show off some pictures of your pets. <laughs> we would love to see you there. So come check us out there. You can find us on the most popular podcasting apps now, including Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. We would really appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and review. That would really help us out. Uh, and of course, go check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, search for on Instagram at SWL Inglorious Blasters. Similar for Facebook, The Inglorious Blasters, a Star Wars Legion podcast. Alrighty, with that out of the way, Brendan, bring us to the Imperial Dark Troopers. Alright, Imperial Dark Troopers, just as the name implies, is an Imperial unit. Um, it's a heavy unit that has three models in it base, that's a droid trooper, and 95 points. We've gone over this before, back in the mini extravaganza, but I want to reiterate, it's weird because it's a trooper unit, uh, and it's a heavy, we've never seen this before. Um, it's got red defense dice, two health per model, infinite courage. It can take two heavy weapon upgrades, a personnel upgrade, and a programming upgrade. It's got a melee attack, crushing punch of one red and one white, and ranged attack, the E11D blaster, range one to three, black dice. Speed one, doesn't surge for offense or defense. Keywords for the unit are armor, just full armor, plotting, and just to remind people of plotting, plotting means it can only move once per activation. Unconcerned, this unit cannot benefit from cover, and miniatures in this unit cannot be repaired or restored, which is a new keyword, as is unstoppable. This unit is eligible to activate during the activation phase while it has one or fewer face-down order tokens. This unit may never have more than one face-up order token. When creating your order pool, add an additional order token corresponding to this unit's rank from your order pool. Uh, in short, it goes twice. It has 
one programming to choose from called Programmed Loyalty. It's Imperial Dark Troopers only. Uh, this unit can only be issued orders by a commander unit, and this unit gains Retinue Commander for five points. It has one personnel upgrade that we know comes in the box. Um, the Imperial Dark Trooper. It's an Imperial Dark Troopers only. Adds one Imperial Dark Trooper miniature for 32 points. And it has three heavy weapons to choose from. The XS-IV Assault Cannon, or the XS-4 Assault Cannon. Range 1 to 3 for black. Imperial Dark Troopers only. Add the mini to the squad. It has critical 1, and it's 48 points. The SM9 Frag Launcher. Range 1 to 2, 2 red and a black. It exhausts, and it has Blast, Impact, 2, and Cycles for 40 points. And the Myrtalizer, which is a melee weapon with two red and a black, and it is suppressive and 36 points. Um, before we get into the overall thoughts on the unit, I have to say I love all the art on the upgrade cards especially programmed loyalty just gideon surrounded by dark troopers yeah that one's that one's solid overall good artwork and uh yeah uh i think i think these are glorious like already i i, I like everything i see um it's got a cricket bat named the myrtleizer so you can't <laughs> can't go wrong with that in my opinion gotta myrtleize people the only thing i think the only thing I could see being an issue is, is uh, it's only speed one, and I don't know how many times you're going to get into melee with them. I mean, it might be a lot, right? I, I know you can rapid reinforce them or use the card, Gideon's two-pip card, right? But or you could still walk away. You could lat. still walk away from them, or put them in a lat. <laughs> or you could put them in a Fair. gaff tank. Okay, you know what? Drive them up. <laughs> drive me closer so I can swing at them with my bat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just Fair. love the idea of putting a heavy inside a heavy. It's just hilarious to me. <laughs> I think uh, with infinite courage, these guys are going to be pretty good for objective play, honestly. I mean, obviously they're good at killing, but key, something like key positions comes to mind where like turn six, you double move them and they have like armor and you know if they still have a good amount of wounds left it's gonna be hard to get them off that unless you have force push so yeah, yeah they I mean, feel very un unconcerned and unstoppable in that situation no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh that pun was very intended um yeah no i mean i think you there's vi multiple viable ways to build these guys depending on how you uh to intend on playing them um i mean at their cheapest, it's 95 points for six red saves behind full armor. They maybe don't quite pack, you know, much range at a, you know, a naked squad. At, you know, only throwing three red. I mean, sorry, three black. But it's it's still a unit that goes twice and can, you know, doesn't have to worry about panicking. 
ever. Yeah, it's an interesting design space that they've entered, so I'm excited to see it on the table. What do you guys think about the uh, program loyalty? Do you think it's a auto-include, or do you think it's something... I guess it would depend on your build, but I can't think of a lot of builds where I wouldn't want to take it to get that free aim since they don't surge to hit. I think if you're investing points on these, you can easily invest another five. That's my yep. thought. That's my Even if you only get that benefit twice, I think it's worth. Yeah. For my mind, if you are running one, it's an auto-include. You have to bring programmed loyalty. If you end up running three with Gideon, since you can with his entourage keyword, I don't necessarily think you are putting it on all three of them, because one of them is probably the guaranteed deep strike unit, and then he's going to be far away from Gideon. So I see this being on one to two, but not all three if you run three, just because you can save those points and put them elsewhere. It's interesting because at five points to get that that aim even if you get it one time it's still one point cheaper than an o push that's probably only going to get you one aim throughout the course of the game which is kind of ironic when you think about it yeah well i mean unit that is probably wanting every turn to move and shoot with its activation it's never going to have natural aims (laughs) so (laughs) actual aim actions so it's a it's a great card to really make these guys a lot more deadly, at least for one of their two turns. It's kind of cool also because with the double activation, you could have the aim from Retinue, and if you did, for example, take that other aim and you had a really nice roll, you could just hold on to the two aims knowing you're going to get to activate again. So there's some carryover and some planning, uh, future planning, as to how you want to utilize those tokens, knowing that your guys are going to have two activations versus one. Because um, everybody else, it's use it or lose it, unless it's clones and you're holding it to share with another clone trooper unit. So there's some cool stuff that you don't necessarily think about at face value, but when you start to dig into the unit, there's some cool stuff there that you can uh, that you can do that's very unique to them. Yeah, and I mean, we're always talking about aims, because... That's what a lot everybody wants, but you know, especially as an empire unit. But they could also take a dodge with the retinue. Let's say you decide, you know, what I'm bringing one dark trooper, and their entire focus is just to be the linebacker for the for the list. You know, just throw dodges on them just in case something comes around the corner, like a airspeeder, so they can try and get rid of some of the shots onto it. Meanwhile, it just sits back to make sure nobody wants to come too close. Yeah, overall solid. I like it. Yeah, glorious. Definitely. I'm I'm having a lot of fun just trying to think up lists, and we'll, we'll see. Awesome. How about we move on over to the uh, the core rulebook changes, gentlemen? Sounds like a plan. Alrighty. So, uh, as of the time of recording, a uh, little peek behind the screens, it is Tuesday the 17th. So, things may or may not change uh, by the time you hear this. Maybe maybe some updates to the rulebook, so don't take this as gospel. Also, we may or may not get things wrong. Uh, we're all learning. So with that out of the way, <laughs> let's get let's go through some of the uh, changes. Brendan, you want to start us off? Sure. I also want to say that, I mean, we could easily miss some things and there have, you know, pick who you want to listen to. Everybody's talking about this. Uh, so... 
whatever we don't cover, I'm sure somebody else has. <laughs> um, so, but we're just trying to hit some of the, the main things. Uh, one of the biggest ones, and we knew this was coming because of some of the uh, preview articles, but it had to deal with movement, uh, but uh, it also included some stuff on terrain. So there's now three different types of terrain and three different terrain classifications. Uh, there's scatter, area, and obstacle, and they can all be open, difficult, or impassable. That opens up a lot, and some pieces of the same piece of terrain might have different classifications. Um, you know, like the top of a building might have a different classification than the bottom of the building. Obviously, the bottom of the building's impassable. You can't walk through the building, but maybe the top of the building is flat. So at that point, it's open because it's easy to walk on top of the building. Uh, so those conversations, I think, at the beginning of games are going to be a lot more important to determine what terrain is and what it does. Yeah, easy, makes sense. Seems glorious, seems good. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like it. It hopefully will add a little bit more variety because a lot of tables were kind of the same. And yeah, just set up a little different. So hopefully this will help uh, create some changes as we'll some of the additional rules we'll be talking about for movement. John, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I think, I mean, pretty much just goes without saying, just like we do now uh, as part of turn zero, just discussing everything with your opponent beforehand. So there's no, you know, turn three, four, five, six, and beyond um, situations where you're thinking one thing is very obviously uh, something and your opponent is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, so just goes without saying to discuss all those things beforehand um, while you're setting up so you're both on the same page. So next up we've got climbing. Uh, climbing has changed and clamber doesn't exist anymore so no more taking wounds for trying to go up or down terrain. Um, climbing is now a single move action where you just do a speed one move and go up or down terrain that is only height one difference from your starting point can't do it for impassable terrain um but it doesn't change how jump works for anything so jump still works the same way um so essentially jump is faster and it lets you completely get over things you can't climb over impassable terrain and now Every non-creature trooper, non-notched base trooper can uh, much more easily change elevations. Yeah, seems like a good change to, uh, change to me. A lot more vertical play was probably needed, especially in the trooper area. Trooper units normally just stuck to the ground and they just stayed there, unless they had real easy access to elevation. But just playing in another dimension, that just seems fun to me. And... I think, uh, I think this is going to be fun change. It's going to be good. Glorious. I'll say glorious. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're absolutely right with everything you said, Corey. I, uh, the things I don't necessarily like about it is that you can still trigger like relentless, charge, steady. So there's some situations where you can jump up, make a shot, jump back down. I don't necessarily like that. I wish it was a little bit more toned down so it didn't devalue jump and scale and some of the other movement keywords like 
we had kind of speculated, hey, maybe it'll be two actions to do this. So you still open up the vertical play space and allow these types of new uh, parts of the battlefield to be explored, but it's not uh, you know one action to do so. It's two actions, so you're setting yourself up for, for future um, rounds. So I'm not a huge fan that it's a single action, um, and then also the, the ripple effect of devaluing some of the other movement keywords. So I don't hate it, I just wish it was two actions. So I don't know if I would say glorious or inglorious just yet. We also haven't really had a chance to play it a ton to see like how it's going to actually pan out. Um, but at face value, I wish it was two actions, that's the only thing. So for right now I am in a wait and see standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for scale. Scale got hit the worst. Yeah. Um, so scale feels less special. Anyways, go ahead, yeah, Brendan. Yeah, I was gonna just say expert climber and scale did change where expert climber lets you go up to height two on a climb move, and scale gives you expert climber and unhindered. So scale definitely doesn't feel as great in terms of changing distance on terrain because you at least by my understanding you're still just going the speed one doing the climb you just have expert climber baked in and unhindered so at least you can just still run through difficult terrain but it it, it definitely makes the units scaling not as scary uh, coming around a building yeah, they're basically the same speed as everything else. So if it was, if there was some other keyword that made it so that, hey, you can do this, but you get your full speed two move, I would feel differently. But since it's still a speed one move, just like everyone else, it kind of neuters the ability a good amount. And even like kind of playing around with Wookiees, like on a, on a real table, you lose a considerable amount of distance. And then also not getting that free, not clamber doesn't exist anymore but just that free change in elevation that almost gives you an extra inch alone then you'd get your speed two which is two inches farther than uh speed one so combined that's three inches of movement and if you're doing that twice you just lost six inches of movement so that is that's kind of i'm trying not to be biased as a republic player but naturally i love wookies i played wookies pretty much consistently for a full year so that was the first thing that came to mind, and I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, my overall feelings are this is going to make everybody actually play with the terrain and not around the terrain, other than the people who had scale and jump in the past, which kind of feels a lot of fun. People put a lot of work into their tables, and now people actually will think and use them more. Um other than just a select couple units. Um, and I know we're saying it feels like some of the stuff is devalued, but I think that it makes jump even more valuable than it was before. Because now they're the only units that aren't slowing down because of terrain, you know, to, to in verticality. So, you know, I'm over here as the uh, Empire player who likes running Vader. Yay, Vader can now go up onto a building, you know, easier. But... He can't jump over it like most of the other Jedi in the game who can just, you know, so. No, but it's the fact that he can do it now. Oh, I know. even I'm, scarier. 
I, we'll, you're not we'll safe to... behind the building anymore. <laughs> hey, look, hey, used to be we will to get to another him. change. We'll yeah. get to another change that has weakened Vader a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll the, get to the that. Positive, the positive is you're exactly right. From an objective place, CM point, yeah. there's so many situations where somebody does like a snatch and grab on like recover the supplies, and you get to round four or five, and you're like, I don't have the actual time to maneuver around this entire set of obstacles to get a shot on you where now you can just hop up on the building and potentially get that shot especially with the silhouette changes um so there's less situations where somebody grabs an objective takes off and it's pretty much like game over so that i do like and from a silver lining for republic they obviously like to do their clone ball thing now you don't have to pick one direction left or right for a building you can just go on top of it and have your heavy cover and then also keep your ball intact it almost it's just a mur- <laughs> it's just a murder ball that do- no longer has to worry about going left or right it just comes straight at you so that's that's a positive <laughs> so maybe i'm i'm talking myself into a uh, a glorious um outcome for this one instead but... of fire supporting on the floor you fire support from the building there you go <laughs> you fire support from everywhere <laughs> Yeah, so we've got some additional movement things. Uh, minis, uh, yeah, trooper minis, uh, as long as they end at the end of a movement tool, it's a legal movement. Um, you know, before, technically, you had to make sure, you know, the base could follow the movement tool around corners. Now it's just, can the mini, you know, end at, at a spot? Yes. When you are on terrain many uh trooper minis can't overhang uh the terrain they have to be flush with the terrain uh when they are finished a movement so i mean I, I i know we've all seen it where the you're just trying to find a spot where the guy fits on the terrain and you know guys half a base is leaning over a railing that's not allowed anymore they have to all fit and be flush with the terrain I don't know how I feel about this one, but I'm definitely leaning towards Inglorious. Uh, I have choice words, so I will leave it at that. <laughs> I, I agree. I understand it, but sometimes with how terrain is, it's not going to work. Um, yeah, so. th- there's a lot of domed... There, there's a lot of different shaped buildings, for example. like Some of them have a dome, like on top of a square if that makes sense well, um, now that might medium now that might be weird and now it, you probably well, can't yeah might call the dome impassable i mean uh, uh, right so here's here's another one it becomes uh, a lot more important to talk to train so john john and i were playing a game the other day and then uh i <laughs> i was going upstairs and uh about a fourth of the mini's base didn't you know um didn't sit on that stair so like is that illegal rules as written yes i don't think i can do that so i find that very bizarre i don't really like that (laughs) yeah terrain is too inconsistent to make a blanket statement rule that says you know your guys have to fit into this certain set of parameters like exactly that's the first thing that comes to mind for like every stair I think I've ever seen on any Legion table, no stair is an inch wide or an inch, you know, long where the base it would, would look, sit. Yeah, it'd be goofy. It would it look goofy. To scale. Yeah. Right. 
So now are all stairs like no longer legal placements for minis because they overhang by a couple millimeters? I I don't know. I I hope it's just the way I'm going to do it is just a discussion with my yeah. opponent, um, and then just ignore this rule if possible. Because like, uh, unless it makes like real sense where like the mini doesn't fit or like it's precariously placed, right? That that that's fine with me. Don't don't do that. But I mean, we've all been doing this, though, so this is weird. It, it's actually the only rule. Something might pop up as we go through this entire list, but it's actually the first thing that comes to mind where I'm like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> just, like if you were playtesting, you'd be able to say, like, even situations where it's like, all right, I want to move my squad up here, but I can only fit three of the four bases, so I can't do it now because the fourth one, um, not fit, but the fourth one will overhang. So now does that mean my entire squad can't go up there because one of the four guys is slightly overhanging? Even though he's balanced and, you know, it'd be different if he's, like, you know, hanging on to, like, an antenna on the building so he doesn't fall off the train. If he's just, like, slightly overhanging, it then is no longer a legal placement. So it could affect the entire squad. So there's just so many weird situations like that where it just seems... I don't see the benefit in doing it. Like a lot of these things you can go through and go, okay, like even if I don't agree with this, I can see where they were going with it and what the benefit was. This one I see zero benefit and basically a ton of negative situations that could come up. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right, got a couple more uh, movement things to get through. Uh, This one's actually (laughs) pretty big. We've got... um, I think this will be the last one for troopers, and then we can get to some vehicle stuff. But um, uh, units cannot begin the first round of the game in base contact with unclaimed objective tokens. Uh, That's definitely a huge nerf to infiltrate, and in some cases also for scouts. I'm pretty okay with that, because if you were doing recover the supplies against somebody who could infiltrate... It, you're basically on the back foot from the start because they just grab the middle box and run. Uh, so now they have to at least spend their first turn moving and claiming because they aren't immediately in base contact with it. Yeah. I think... Um, I'm not sure this was needed, and I'll and I'll go through my thought process why. Because now we can climb over buildings at, or, like, uh, climb over obstacles, right? You could still chase the person that's running away with the box. You could you could chase them a little better. So this is I'm not sure this was needed, but uh, I guess it prevents feels bads against like a you know some players that are not experienced against like an infiltrating Iden or Maul grabbing that box. Uh, hilariously enough, this does not stop Cad Bane uh, putting a Cad Bane token next to like the center box and then revealing so that's well apparently that's still good as long as he doesn't get revealed during the deployment phase right so you know if there are situations where it triggers before round one it would be an illegal placement (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird man but yeah it's weird Um, it's weird i i actually really i i mean the one situation, and I mean, we're, we're talking about with Maul and like recover the supplies and, you know, or Boba or anything where they can either touch it immediately or get there extremely quickly or infiltrate. And then you can't get your, 
you can't get a shot on your opponent. I think this is just trying to minimize those types of situations where it's like a round one and you're just like, great, now I have to spend five to six turns chasing this unit down for the remainder of the game. So um, between this and then being able to climb, even though I just talked about some of the things I don't like about it, I think uh, that's not going to happen nearly as often as it does now. So that I like. I don't know if it's 100% necessary, but I I like the change personally. And that's not just because I don't have any infiltrate units in Gar. But, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you do, though. You, you do. You do, though, John. Do I? <laughs> yeah, Padme. it's Padme. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I never, I never infiltrate her. Never infiltrate her. And now I'm not going to play her. So oh. Oh, she, she's so much more than a token battery, John. Come on. I mean, <laughs> come on. She is just one less token. Um, and we'll get know, to that. Right. But um, I've played that three pip once and it won me the game. So maybe I shouldn't trash talk it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple last things for movement. Um, repulsor vehicles. Compulsory now uh, satisfies the requirements for AI move. There's no wound effect for not being able to do a full speed compulsory move, but you still have to do the full speed as far as you can until you run into something. And one of the... I, I think this one's huge, is you are allowed to leave the battlefield as long as you come fully back into the battlefield and follow the movement tool. Which I think is crazy. I think that's crazy. Uh, also, it's really not that difficult to, well, it, I don't think it's super difficult to fly in such a way that you're not hitting the edge of the board. Sure, you can pivot and then like move. This just allows some more le leeway. Uh, yes, <laughs> speeder vehicles just get even better. Yeah, not that Blizzard Force needed any help. I, I, yeah, I know, right? They just keep they just keep on getting them. Yeah, I. I don't mind it. I always think about it from... I always thought it was weird, personally, like the airspeeder, for example. You're playing on, like, a football field-sized table, like if you were to scale it into a real-life setting. And you've got these, like, basically mini airplanes flying around in the confines of a football field-sized space. So, to me, I'm fine with it. And it's going to be, I mean, the amount of times that that's even going to happen is going to be so rare that I don't know how relevant it would be anyway. Someone could prove me wrong, but it's going to be a very rare case in which that's going to be like your best move to move off the battlefield and then come back. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's fine. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. It's just it, a small, it's a small buff that, yeah, that may or may not happen. Yeah, it doesn't like concern me, I guess. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm in indifferent about it. Them not losing wounds is actually more impactful than uh, leaving the battlefield. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. That I would agree with. I could that I could feel a little bit more reckless with the uh, speeders. So. Some good, some bad. Uh, Blizzard Force gets even better. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Let's talk about some of the changes for uh, cover and attacking. So everything has silhouettes. Um, we were told that in one of the preview articles. There's official silhouette templates for trooper minis and 
um, emplacement trooper minis or uh, any notched based troopers. Uh, so that's emplacements and creature troopers. Um, vehicles also have silhouettes. Uh, it's just their base to as tall as they're, they're, they are, not including antennas and things, uh, essentially. Um, vehicles get cover if 50% of their silhouette is obscured. When during attacks, um, you have to check line of sight from every part of the silhouette to every part of the silhouette for what's being shot. And if there's cover from any spot along those lines, there's cover. So I, I think it makes it a lot easier to determine if there is cover because I, I think you just shine a laser pointer and if there's cover in between, there's probably cover. <laughs> um, so, um, and you have to determine line of sight from the unit leader. If the unit leader can't see something, the unit can't shoot. So no more putting the unit leader behind something and putting your squad around the corner and shooting everything. No, the, the unit leader has to have line of sight. I mean, you could still do that, but it has to be at least two minis, right? The leader and presumably the leader. Right. But the leader has to be one of those minis. It's, it's just less good than we thought. Yes. That's all. Correct. Yep. I think all these are glorious. Are we are you still going through them, Brendan? Well, I mean, we can talk about those, or I can uh, uh, you know, say a couple more, but those are some of the, the bigger ones. I, I don't know yet. I don't know how I feel about this one, so I don't even want to put a judgment on it. I, I got to get some more games in. It's, it's weird that almost everything's going to have cover. I'll bring up that example game that John and I played. John was like, I got you out in the open. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> This little piece of terrain, it's like it's slightly interacting with this silhouette, and uh, there you go. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I just got to get used to it, I think. I think that's what needs to happen for me. Yeah, that oh, was a weird yeah. situation. I was I was trying to be more positive after, after I was bashing <laughs> all, the, all the movement stuff. Um, <laughs> overall, I'm, I'm very happy with it. I mean, everything's reciprocal. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be... And I don't know if maybe it's just... That's how it was in 40K, and I played 40K for 15 years. So, like, that always just seemed like how it should be, because that was my, you know, basis of the lens I was looking through when I started Legion. So it's like, oh, weird, this, like, whole terrain scoping thing. And I think I've said it before, even for terrain scoping. I, I haven't been terrain scoped in probably two, three years. It's happened, like maybe once to me and that was you know one time is all it takes and you go oh man my heavy always needs to be in the middle of the unit and not stuck out on the side same with my unit leader so once you kind of get train scoped and you're like oh that sucks i feel like you fix all those so like the whole train scoping thing and not being able to do that anymore the only time that i was ever able to train scope an opponent was a newer player like you know, at a casual thing or like even at a tournament where it's like, oh, I'm just here to have a good time. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, pick apart all these heavies. And in those situations, you're probably going to lose that or they were probably going to lose that game anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it didn't seem yeah. like like you were uh, you were not terrain scoping. We'll say someone uh, in a top cut game. 
is kind yeah. of my point. Right. right, right. And to go into more on the terrain scoping, how that's changed is wounds can be applied to any mini in the unit, regardless of line of sight. Uh, yeah, that's because, hey, I can see one guy in the squad. If that one guy is the leader, somebody else in the squad has to die if a wound goes through, because the leader has to be the last one to take wounds. Um, there, there were ways in the past where you could hang your leader out to die and gain extra movement out of it. Uh, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> so um, there, there's that. Um, as we was discussed in the um, preview article, you know, you can only do as many wounds as you can see. So you can't put through more wounds than the available wounds based on the threshold you can see. So for example, if you can see only one Wookiee, you can only put three through three wounds if that Wookiee is at full health, even if this whole squad has 12 wounds still available to it. Um, range templating is changing to be just range X uh, instead of range X to Y. So, uh, for example, uh, on Gideon's new card, uh, we saw he has uh, Ruthless and it says range 2. That technically means he can do range. He can do range one to two ruthless. So it's the max range for an ability. Um, Ig eleven, his card where he goes nuts and shoots everything. Uh, that said range two, and everybody was thinking, man, did things have to be only at range two. He can't shoot anything at range one. That that's now gone. It's not the donut hole anymore. He can shoot everything range one to two with that card. So I, I like it for simplicity's sake. Just hey, if that's the that's the range it says. That's the max range it says. Yeah, works for me. Yep. Dodges now apply before cover, which is an interesting change. I don't. So I'll interrupt real quick. What does that actually change in the terms of the attack step? So like, it doesn't change if, 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 much. If, if, if you're but, in heavy cover and like only two hits get through, you could just wait until the cover step, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it. I think there's some weird edge cases where it would matter, but I don't see it mattering very often. Uh, I'm not seeing it, so maybe someone else smarter can comment <laughs> on our pages or something. Does it have something to do with, like, the airspeeder has? Cover no, I don't know. I was thinking maybe there's an interaction between dodges cover and then where impact falls into play. Yeah, that's the so only thing I'm thinking in, of initially. Something in the vehicle realm where there's cover, a dodge, and somebody shooting with say like a impact three weapon, but you're in heavy cover and a dodge. But before, wouldn't you negate all three of those also? Oh no, because the armor. No, I no, 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 no. I don't know. Oh. Never mind. Disregard everything. Uh, well, t- t- uh, <laughs> it's weird. We'll move on. <laughs> yep. And then lastly, the last major thing is fire support only works with one weapon per mini. So uh, arsenal, any wep- anything with arsenal X uh, can't use multiple weapons if it is adding to the fire support. I think all this means is specifically for Gideon's three pip. I'm never going to put it on a heavy. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Other than dark troopers, uh, right? Other than dark troopers, <laughs> right, absolutely. 
Um, right. It's just, the ATST I, I can't, see... can't add all of its dice to a fire support. Which, which, you know what? Like, I got sad when I read this, but then when I thought about it for a minute, I was like, you know what? That's totally a-okay, though. Right. <laughs> I don't want nine dice coming at me. I'd rather, like, six. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> six, six plus whatever else, right? Right. So... Um, same thing with the gav tank. Like I, I don't want all of those dice coming out my face. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think that's it, fair. It, it makes sense. Yep. All right. Anything else anybody wants to bring up for attacking and cover? I pretty much like it all. Yeah, I think I got out ahead of myself talking about wound allocation before we <laughs> <laughs> talked about it. But <laughs> that's all good. I was already I, I'm gonna thinking have to get... about it. <laughs> I'm going to have to get used to vehicle silhouettes being 50%, um, you know, if you want to get obscured. That seems subjective to me. Uh, I just have to play it out and just, I just imagine judge calls. That's all. I, I just imagine, hey, I believe my vehicle's in cover, right? Just like, I'm just going to not even talk to my opponent and just say, hey, like, just come help me out. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it seems like a instant judge call because I mean, if you think if you're on, you know, on the fence, you're obviously gonna always lean towards what's gonna favor you. So you might as well just call a judge for something. Yeah, like that. it. I, I, I'll have to play it out, but it just it seems difficult to manage fifty percent like when you eyeball it. That's all. Again, without yeah. playing it, so yeah. I just need to test um, it out. Yeah. One last thing I don't think I mentioned. Uh, emplacement troopers and creature troopers no longer provide cover to friendly units. So cool. They're they're just troopers now in regards to cover. So I think that makes things more simple. Um, yeah. Next up, uh, passing. It worked exactly how the article told us it would. I don't think there's much to talk about. It it seems like a simple and good mechanic for the game. Yep. Agreed. Glorious glorious yep um suppression and panicked are always constant and immediate just like the article had clarified so you know just keep aware of what your suppression level is um it there's a few things if you when you activate and you are still panicked that's when you lose all of your activation remove suppression equal to your courage and you would drop any claimed objective tokens. However, if you hit panicked and your unit has already activated, you just don't count for scoring anymore. You don't drop the token. So there's that little, little difference there. I need more games on this one, but currently in the one game I played, it feels bad when, for example, (laughs) I'll just do our game again, John. Uh, I was on a KP point, and uh, he was able to panic um, my Death Trooper, so he no longer counted towards that KP. Uh, it's a different change. I'm just going to have to suck it up. <laughs> Get used to it. That's all. Beware that Yoda with the Jedi mind trick. It's, it's yeah, a that was pretty uh, gross. spicy combo. I think all it means is I'm going to be taking more Courage 3 Commanders. That's full stop. 100. Yeah, across the board, yeah. I think. I think that's... If you have a Courage 3 Commander or 4 in the case of Yoda, a lot of this is almost irrelevant. Agreed. Commander Vader laughs at these problems. <laughs> um, 
But no, I agree. I it's really going to change up how we think and play the game for certain objectives, which you know, I I I'm okay with that. I don't know if this is glorious or inglorious yet, but I don't I'm not against the the change in ha- me having to think of how I can win objectives without changing the objectives. You know, just it's a different level of strategy to the game which I'm I'm all for. Here's here's an interesting one that I just thought of that I haven't seen in the any of the forums for hostage exchange. Your unit activates turn six, moves into your deployment zone. So now it's one point for being in the deployment zone and one point for having the hostage. If that unit panics, is it no longer count towards scoring? So you don't get either of the two points? Or do you get one point because it's still in your deployment zone? I'd have to look at how that is worded. Like, I'd be interested to know how that's calculated because Yoda, for example, if you're you know, down, way down on kill points, you could just do a turn six, like, Yoda bomb and just run in and Jedi mind trick them, um, you know, and have... So you still gain the one point, sorry to interrupt, but just really quick, you still gain one point for the, uh, for each objective token within their deployment zone and claimed by the Uh, unit they control. So you would not get any points. So so, so you don't, you get zero points. It's all or nothing, baby. So you panic them, and they get nothing. Yep. Yep. All right. More stock for <laughs> yep. Yoda's Jedi mind trick bomb. <laughs> or Vader. Or Vader, yeah. You know what? This is the fear meta. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time. It's time for fear. Finally. have been playing fear for a long time, I feel like. I, I've, on and off, I've been playing it for like yeah, six months. Yeah, on and off. But if, if I can find if I find it works for what I'm doing, I, I, I throw it in there. Uh, now, now seems like a great time to bring it more often. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, transports. Um, embarking in closed transports requires an additional action. Line of sight cannot be drawn to or from units in closed transports. So you can't whipcord things in there anymore. You can't Sabine grapple. The Amban doesn't work. Exemplar, whatever. If they're inside the closed transport, you can't see them. <laughs> Nothing can happen to them, uh, which is great. Uh, when a transport dies, the transported unit loses its activation in addition to getting suppression and a wound. So uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm very sad about that, but it makes sense. Uh, I loved getting the the free move for Vader when the lat blew up. Uh, now I'm not a fan of that because <laughs> now Vader is just <laughs> out in the open. <laughs> um, but it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I'm psyched about that one personally. <laughs> Same because if I see an AA5 transporting anything, I was already going to shoot at the AA5, but now, <laughs> now it's got an added benefit. That thing is a uh, you know, whatever they're transporting is out in the open. So stuff like Maul, Black Suns, got to be extra careful. Or maybe Luke. Yeah. Rebels. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely makes them uh, a much juicier target. Do people oh, yeah. still play Rebels? Is that oh. uh, we can get into it later, but it seems like no. Um, <laughs> is that a faction? I, I can't remember the last time. 
Actually, I shouldn't say that. I lost my game one at PAX to a Rebel player. <laughs> <sighs> well, then. They still got it, baby. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, the bomb carts for uh, for payload. We got some uh, some changes here. Uh, the you don't have to put the bombs on them anymore. They have a silhouette up to the handle. They never provide cover to creature troopers or vehicles. They follow the movement rules for notched based minis. They cannot go through impassable terrain anymore. And they can only move over terrain that is their silhouette height or lower since they follow the rules for a standard move. So basically, payload just became a lot harder to score because these things are not just going to fly over terrain. Thematically, this is glorious. Gameplay-wise, oh my god, inglorious. <laughs> Only due to the fact that, like, yeah, it's going to be so hard. Uh, you might get screwed over by a building more easily now. Uh, so, for example, like, Blizzard Force uses payload a lot to bully their opponents. Um, it's still a fine objective, but I think more often than not, depending on the terrain, you will have games come down to kill points rather than payload points. So... I think it's, I think it's okay. I I don't know if I would include it in Blizzard Force anymore. That's just my thoughts on it. It's interesting because isn't that how it was originally played? Like when that card first got introduced, and then they made the changes where it just basically kind of warped its way across the battlefield, ignoring terrain because it was so wonky and weird and. I mean, I the think, silhouette up I to the handlebars. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, well, it's that's, goofy. That, what is that going to go over? A barricade? Is that it? Is it taller I feel like than a just, barricade? I'd have to... I'd have, it's it's got to be close. Yeah, it, it can make it over close. a barricade. I think it can make it... It's okay. taller than a barricade because of the handle. So it goes up right, to the handle. Right. <laughs> the hand... Or a barricade and some boxes. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's just going to be an adjustment, that's all. You're going to have to plan out your route like much better now. Or just murder. It, it, uh. So, if really quick quick thought. It might be okay because the payload can't go on top of buildings, but your, your dudes can, so you can go on top of buildings. So you can get through towards your payload easier, if that makes sense. So I guess that's just a gameplay adjustment. So All right. Yep. I, no. I might have changed my mind. This is probably fine. I'm tracking. I'm mowing what yeah. you're growing. <laughs> what? I normally, I use the normally I use the phrase "I'm picking up what you're putting down," but <laughs> I like that one. Okay, that's different. Um, the the best part of that was just Brendan's facial reaction as I said it. I was watching. <laughs> it's it's too late in the day for this. All right, moving on. Um. We come to uh, John's favorite change of this rulebook. Uh, Exemplar cannot share standbys. Womp womp. Probably needed to happen. Yep, I agree. Yeah. There were so many rumors about this one happening that it was less uh, shocking. Because it was almost like, yeah, that's going to happen. So when I 
I mean, it's the very first thing I turned to in the rule book. Um, and when it wasn't there, I was like, eh, eh, all the rumors were true. So, sad to sense. see it go, but was kind of expecting it. And I do think it makes sense for the health of the game, for sure. Yoda I don't think Gar do is it. dead. So, yeah, Yoda can still do it. I don't think Gar is dead. They're just, they just got to play differently. It's going to... They won't get fun stuff right now, right? Uh, it, but in the future, I'm hoping, you know, with Cody and other releases that this opens up design space more for the developers to do something interesting for Gar. Exemplar was fun. Standby sharing, not so much <laughs> um, from a player's perspective, right, on the receiving end. It's kind of like a fortress that you build up and then it's hard to knock down. But, yeah, I'm just looking forward to whatever they put out next. Side note, you mentioned the uh, Cody expansion coming. Uh, it came to mind to me that uh, one of the personnel upgrades in there is Waxer, who gives uh, Disciplined 1. So with the new suppression rules, he seems like a, a much better upgrade in a clone squad. Mm. Ooh, glorious now. Yeah. But uh, moving on to... Good to, good to know. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, Coming back to the uh, new rule book, Covert Ops. You cannot change your rank and become an operative unless there is a commander rank in the army after you do so. Um, basically, no more four operative lists for the rebels. And if you're bringing Aiden, you're bringing another commander unit. I think that hurts the three 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 list with Aiden, right? Oh yeah. I haven't done the I haven't done the math, but that that stinks. You got to bring a commander. Like, I thought it was cool when... I'm switching to Rebels now, but I thought it was cool when uh, I fought against a Rebel list that was all um, operatives. So when you pull from the bag, like, hey, go with go with this operative this time. That's, uh, that's a shame. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And uh, I guess a question to go with it, maybe someone's already asked it on the rules form, but if you have two commanders that can infiltrate, can you even do that? No, the way it's worded in the rule book is you can only do it while there is a commander unit in your army. So you'd only be able to do it with one of them. Got it. Understood. Yep. I think so. that was went up on the forums earlier this morning. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, that's sorry, Rebels. That's <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Honestly, when I see stuff like this, part of <laughs> part of me is just happy because there's like this sick side of me where I'm just like. <laughs> Take that, you <laughs> take my exemplar. I hope your faction gets pounded into the ground. Rules update after rules update after rules update. <laughs> Cassie, I mean, honestly, it's just Cassian that gets hit the hardest because he's the commander that uh, uses it the most, I think. Lando so. sometimes, but... Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Um, cumbersome's changed a little bit. Uh, you can now shoot and then move. If something has cumbersome before, you could never shoot if you intended to move. But you can't move and then shoot a cumbersome. Gameplay-wise, glorious. <laughs> Thematic-wise, inglorious? It's weird. Like, if you... <sighs> it's the rise of the HH-12 meta. All it's right. weird. It's weird. If, if you're telling me the weapon is cumbersome that you can't move and set it up to shoot it, wouldn't the... Wouldn't... You can shoot it and run. No. 
Well, look. Let's my, pretend my the mortar. Example, the, my best example. Here. The, like the sh- the sh- hold on. The shore mortar kit is like gigantic, right? It's got a tripod. Like what? Eweb, same thing. What? <laughs> but once it's set up, maybe it's already the set up. You can shoot it and run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it too hard. I'm just I'm being a butt. Y- you worry, are. Worry, I'm just going to say <laughs> the best example I have is an HH12. In okay. Rogue One. We see Bays fire one and then run like hell. So Right, right. You know. It, I think it makes sense in that order, not the other way around. I think it's great. Um, HH12 buff, got it. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> we're going to see a lot more HH12s because of Dark Troopers. I'm calling it now. They're the, they're yeah, the logical counter with Impact 3. <laughs> I, I mean... I like this. I always take an RPS. Like, I can't think of kind of like one of my basic skeletons for my phase ones is two Z6s and an RPS. And the RPS just, I mean, it's always just basically chilling because of cumbersome. So I like that I can shoot it and move it back behind a building if it's in danger. So, yeah, I mean, just a little bit more flexibility. There's there's my gar buff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, it's it's good. It's a good change. Um, more playability for certain units. So I, I'm fine with it. I'm mm-hmm. just just making it funny. Yeah. All right. I got one more, uh, and then we have a whole another document to briefly discuss. But um, units with guardian cannot guardian a unit with guardian. That's fine. <laughs> now the one thing I can think about is. There were a lot of people, you know, who always had the fun idea of, in CIS, kill my T-Series, and I will now nominate one of my Magna Guard to be my new commander, but then all my other Magna Guard wouldn't be able to Guardian that anymore, <laughs> so. <laughs> and you can't have IRG Guardian for IRG, so, you know. That, that's fine. This is yeah. a change that didn't need to happen, but here it is. Yeah, no. I don't think anyone was doing it, so. No, it, it seemed well, except for that maybe the Magna Guard instance, but yeah, it was a very situational thing. Um, right. So I, I, I'm cool with it. I just thought it's, it's a funny wording going. If you've got Guardian, you can't Guardian something with Guardian. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one other document. Uh, oh, one, one more, Brendan. Um. This one I think is is huge, and it was kind of a hidden one. Was deflect cannot be triggered during a uh, melee attack to gain the benefits. That's right. I did want to bring that one up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, deflect only works for ranged attacks, for giving you the surge to block. Doesn't work in melee. Uh, however, that hasn't impacted any of the other Jedi. Uh, who have special keywords that have it trigger, except there was a slight change for Anakin's. Um, he only does the single wound back now if the dodge was used to block a hit or a crit. So in the rare instance, let's say, where somebody rolled all crits into Anakin and he doesn't have situational awareness, if he uses the dodge, it wouldn't do a wound back because he didn't block any of the hits or crits. That makes sense. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. But I still think it's good. Because Obi-Anakin still can 
melee deflect. Yes. Yeah. So there's your gar buff. Yeah, there you go. Other other Jedi <laughs> got worse. Yeah. Dooku, Dooku's defense in melee got worse. Uh, so did Vader's. Luckily, you know, Vader does have access to reliable two. Um, Maul feels squishier. Maul feels a lot squishier. Uh, Yoda and Palpatine already surged a block, so <laughs> doesn't matter yeah. to them. All right, but yeah, there's a one additional document, and it was called the Galactic Conquest Event. It's basically just a new guide for running tournaments. Couple couple things I want to highlight from this document. It's not a TO anymore. It's an EO, an event organizer, rather than a tournament organizer. Uh, and instead of judges, we have consulars. Yeah, I just feel fancy as calling myself a consular at an event now. So <laughs> um, Interesting. Yep. Rounds are officially 150 minutes and Swiss pairings. However, you can add some variety and roll five red defense dice to spice up the round timing by adding a minute for each block and surge result. Uh, additionally, no more calling out time remaining at an event. I'll go first. That seems dumb. <laughs> I, I, it's probably to stop slow play. Uh, I don't know. I don't wear a watch. I should start wearing a watch to events now. I mean... And then it's 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 a weird interaction. If I feel like my opponent is slow playing, I have to basically call a judge and say, like, hey, can you watch him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It feels hard. <laughs> and then he, he can't tell me, like, how much time he's taking on action. I don't know. It's all weird. I, I see two solutions. I mean, if the... If the consulars are not allowed to give out time calls uh they could have a projector and put it up on a wall that is always an option <laughs> or <laughs> right, everybody's right. written it's still or, good <laughs> or if everybody's using game uplink for their tournaments everybody has the clock on their phone just looking at it i think well, i don't know keegan can correct me if i'm wrong but i think they're um, removing that, they, you can turn that feature on or off oh, okay. to show the clock in Game Uplink. Um, again, I am not a representative, so I could no. be wrong on that. I, I'm just saying, I, I know I could see the clock on there when I used it, but yeah. But I mean, like for because of this ruling, I think they are now going to have that feature where you don't see. The, it's up to the TO or the EO um, whether or not they want to show that, show the clock. Anyways. I, th I believe that's a feature. So I'm probably just going to end up using my phone, uh, like, just clock app. I just set a timer that way. Fair. As soon as I hear, like, time in the round has started, boop. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. This one's weird. It is. Also, also the – I don't know how I feel about it yet, but, like, randomly rolling five dice to add one to five minutes – uh, at the end, that's that's weird. Interesting, <laughs> interesting change. Who who is rolling the five dice? Because it, it's it would hidden. it would be the EO. Yeah. So how ridiculous that they have to go around if it's a sixty-four person thing to thirty-two tables. Oh no! It would just be for off, everybody. Or off to it would the be side. For oh, it's for everybody. Yeah. For oh, everybody. that would be chaos. That would be yeah. chaos. There would be no okay. way. That'd you be would very need sixty-four. No. 
You need 64 EOs for that. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah no. I still hate it, but that yeah, makes I, much more sense. It's it's an odd thing to me, but I mean, maybe they just want the EO to be able to roll dice. <laughs> Here, you look, get to roll dice three times today. EO. I don't know. <laughs> but um, moving uh, on from that, they did give out the official scoring uh, for events now. Uh, you get event points based on winning, losing, or a draw, because draws can now happen. Um, so it's strength of schedule based on the uh, event points one. So a win gives you three points, a loss gives you zero points, and a draw gives you one point. Uh, and then tiebreakers are based on strength of schedule. If that's a tie, it goes to points defeated. If that's a tie, it goes to victory tokens earned. And if it's still a tie after that, it goes to random. And that is the tiering for placing at an event. How games go to a draw is uh, a very unique case where if you tie on objectives and tie on kill points and tie on bid, it's a draw. Um, and another change that did happen in this rulebook is, uh, ties on kill points. Winner is whoever had less of a bid. So usually that would infer red player, but not necessarily. It's no longer player. It's whoever took less of a bid. Whoever had more points in their army would be the winner on a, a points killed match. They're just nerfing blue player, man. Every chance they get. I mean, they have said before on streams that they want people to use as many points because they want people to play with what they've got. So I'm fine no, with I understand. that. <laughs> I, understand. I understand that. It's just interesting. Blue, blue is essentially now the aggressor. Well, blue still has their objective deck. And if you can't right. win on your objective deck, I think and you tie on kill points, which is already going to be very unlikely math-wise. You know, uh, it you've technically lost more points because you didn't have as many points to start with. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, overall, it's, it's fine. It's just blue player just has to play slightly differently. There you go. Yeah, red now, is the way to go. I've always, th- <laughs> I've always thought that. But as for the event tiebreakers, uh, it now means that there are many things that have to be kept track. There has to be the event points total, how many points you've defeated, and how many victory points you have also earned. All of those have to be tallied per game. More math. It's more math. I'm, I'm hoping that you know any tools include a points defeated. Because now everybody has to do math at the end of a game to see how many points that they killed. And make sure that gets uploaded somewhere to, to keep track for the entire tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the document also gave the cutoffs for uh, you know making it to the, the next round, depending on if a tournament does that. But, you know, that, that's depending on how big a tournament is or if they don't decide to do just a straight Swiss. Sounds fine to me for so far. Um, I think the event packet will supersede 
the rules document in certain cases from what i've heard just for example if they don't want to roll the five dice for extra time there you go yeah i've i don't think i've heard anybody say that they like these changes for the for the tournament document I mean, like I think everybody, really everyone's talking just... about it by comparison to the actual rules for the game. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. true. I mean, a couple casts that I listened to um, were talking. I feel like everyone's just like, "Why did you do that? Like, seems unnecessary. Seems wonky. Seems like more stuff to manage." So I don't really see the benefit. Um, I-, I see one benefit: SOS is the way to go, not MOV. All right. Discussion's yep, over. That's true. Everybody, everybody's cast can stop debating it. <laughs> SOS is here to stay. That I do like. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Well, cool. Cool. Is that it? Did we do it? I think we did it. We that, that's did everything it. I had. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, any other final thoughts before we land this ship? Do you want to make a final judgment on all of those... Uh, points that we made combined because we kind of broke it down but just our overarching thoughts on sure three three sentences (laughs) (laughs) uh i can go first if you want go for it overall i think these changes are great there's a few hiccups here and there that we will get clarified things are going to take time getting used to and that's fine uh and i'll form a bigger opinion when i get more games uh, i'm gonna be going to lvo yeah so i'll i'll see you after that see how i feel yeah you will get to experience some of the chaos firsthand <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so much chaos so many judge calls uh, as for me i think overall the rules are some great changes um i'm definitely gonna have to relearn some things and hopefully get some practice games in uh you know i've been very vocal on the cast here and i don't tend to get a lot of games in um aside from at tournaments so hopefully i i can start playing a little bit more regularly so i can get a hang of these new rules before uh adepticon since uh i'll be playing in the last chance qualifier and i should probably know what i'm doing by then probably would help yeah Although, I'll probably be bringing Dark Troopers, so... Just because. Then you get to ignore half the rules. Exactly! (laughs) That's the idea. (laughs) For me, I would say... I mean, overall, I would say glorious. I'm not overly happy about movement, specifically. Um, But other than that, I mean... I really like a lot of the changes. Uh, The game's five years old, so it's nice to kind of get a little bit of a update and refresh um so yeah i'm psyched it'll like like Corey said um you know it'll take a couple games to get used to it but i think once you do uh you know smooth sailing i think everyone's just happy that uh you know there was a lot of fear about what this could mean for legion and the future of legion and after reading through the document you know legion's fine it's going to move on uh and Better than ever, in my opinion. So glorious for me. How many sentences was that? Too many. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Enough. (laughs) 13? Did you say 3 or 13? I said 3 plus 10. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I I do have to say just a a shout out to the the people that put the rule book together. It 
is a much more cohesive and easy to read document than the previous rules reference guide. Um, this definitely flowed better as a read, and I see it being a lot more useful to, to newer players trying to learn the game. Agreed, 100%. Yep. Awesome. Uh, well, with that, everyone, we are the Inglorious Blasters. My name's Corey. I'm John. I'm Brendan. I don't have anything witty to say because I read too many pages of rules. <laughs> Stay glorious, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>